got a fever, and the only prescription is more. This yo, yo. is the Cigar Authority. It's the biggest helicopter leasing event in the Western Hemisphere since 1997. The Authority. Like Kobayashi. On everything cigar. The cigar takes time. Yeah. That's the whole key. And out of the cigar industry. It's in the hole. With your host. Hey, D-Man. David Garofalo. Wait, who are you? Julius Caesar? Who the hell is Julius Caesar? You know I don't follow the NBA. Mr. Jonathan. I know who I am. I'm a dude. Barry Stump. And Chuck Morrison. 60% of the time, it works every time. It's time to light them up. Screw it, let's let them do it. It's time. That's a win win for me. For the Cigar Authority. I gotta have more. Ah! Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, March 25, 2017, broadcasting live from the LaFleur Dominicana Cigar Studios. Spring is here in New England, and we're celebrating today with a man who has done a lot in the cigar industry, from growing tobacco in his father's farms to working tobacco in his uncle's factory. He worked for Leon Amena as La Aurora. He was the vice president at Hoya de Nicaragua and his own company. Today, he is the senior VP of EP Carrillo, the cigar industrialist. Jose Blanco joins us right here on the Cigar Authority. Welcome. Did you make that up, the Cigar Industrial? I did not. I did not. It no. was on Wikipedia because the man has his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> and he deserves it. Yes, he certainly he does. does. Uh, you're listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world. That is always broadcast on location, and we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist, we demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, or podbean.com, where you can set it and forget it. Okay, before we get started, let's uh, take our hats off, because some of us are wearing hats. We have a new outfit. We'll get into that in a little while. But let's take our hats off and mention the passing of an, another icon in the cigar industry that has left us. We learned yesterday the passing of our friend Avo Yavazian. He was 91 years old in two days, just past his 91st uh, birthday. Barry, you got some information on this? Yep, born on March 22, 1926 in Beirut, French Lebanon, Avo Yavazian would lead a life that touched many people. He was well-known in jazz circles as one of the writers of Strangers in the Night, and in addition to his love of music, Avo was known for his passion of cigars and was well-loved in the cigar world. She was 91 years old. The cigar legend of Avo began in 1983 when Avo's daughter, Karen, was born. In traveling to Switzerland for her christening, he was not happy about the price he paid for a Cuban cigar. It was this event that led him to the Dominican Republic, where he would meet Hanky Kellner, and from this meeting, the legend of Avo was born in the cigar world. Avo Avazian is survived by his wife, Nivia, daughter, Karen, sons, Jeffrey, Robert, and Ronnie, and their families, as well as countless brothers and sisters at Alif. Avo Avazian, 1926 to 2017, his legacy will live on amongst us all. It will. He, he has come here many, many times. We had him on the show many times, and he was a friend. Um, I knew him for 32 years, and he loved life, and he wanted to do what he, only what he liked to do, which was be around people that smoke cigars. So uh, he'll be missed, and uh, I'll think of him all the time. And, um, uh, you know, we have uh, a guest today that um, also knew him well. Everybody in the cigar industry knew him well. I mean, he, he's a guy that used to come in and want to smoke other people's cigars and talk about the, the industry and all that. And um, 
smoked a lot of cigars, you know. Uh, a lot of people will say cigars uh, are bad for you and things like that. Uh, let me tell you, there's a lot of 90-year-old people that smoke cigars, and this Absolutely. guy chain smokes cigars every day, and uh, 91 years old, uh, I'll sign up for that, right? Absolutely. Amen. So uh, that being said, uh, let's move on, and uh, we'll always think of Avo uh, and what he would say to me right now wearing this uh, our new uniforms that we have here. Uh, what we have here is smoking jackets from our friends at Smokey Joe's Clothing, um, and it's a company out of Chicago, SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com, and they surprised us with uh, smoking jackets for all of us on the show. We all have something different. Yes, we yeah. do. And uh, I am literally fat man in a little coat. No, it's yeah. black. It's very slimming. <laughs> I, I, a little coat. I heard that they ran big. Yes. Yeah. But I'll disagree also because I'm wearing the size I thought I was, and it's a little snug. No chance you're running big? <laughs> there's no chance? It's exactly true. There's no, there's no denying. But when you order big enough, you'd think it was big. So I would say it, it, they do not run. When, you, when you're going to go buy, go online and go on to SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com and you're picking a size – and it may say they here's, run large. I don't think they do. Here's what's going on. They run large based on today's fashion trends, which is slim and trim. Everything is sucked in when it comes to suits. So this, That's true. This, even with my sweatshirt on, I'm able to get to the first button. No problem. Big show and off. When you're, Big show off. When you're checking the uh, ring gauge, we'll say, of your jacket, <laughs> you want to be able to fit a fist in between your button and your body. That's the that's the ideal fit. So I am in today's correct. I am typically a large. This is a large, and it fits right off the rack, perfectly. the The cuffs are adjustable, which I love because then when I first first put it on, they were a little short, but you can just slide them down a little. A lot of sparklies going on there. Black with some silver going on. Channeling his inner Liberace. I got uh, got a hat around here somewhere. You had me take off. Yes, I just thought it was right. I have a hat too, and and a company. Those that are watching, a company bow tie. Which uh, I have here. I did not uh, even attempt the bow tie yet. I would need a. It's a clip on. It's good. Is that what it is? The clip on. It's not a clip on. It's a wrap around. Clip on is the one with the just clips right there. They don't make bow ties like that. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. No, it's a clip on. You've got a clip right there. You're not tying the bow tie. Yeah, but it wraps around the whole thing. That's you wrap around the whole thing. Yeah. Your real problem with wearing it is that you have your clothes on. You only wear bow ties with no shirt, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> so uh, what? The, and so the idea of the uh, the clothing to wear is as we smoke that it goes to the the, the jacket is uh, supposed to repel the smoke away from you, so it doesn't get absorbed into your underclothing. And the idea of the hat is is so that your well, hair in my case, doesn't smell. In my case, <laughs> yeah. I like to keep my bald, yeah. smoke free. So there we go. I got a little cap. All right, so let's get to it. Let's get to uh, the first cigar of the day. This is the EP Carrillo Original Rebellion Maduro. So the uh, EP Carrillo Rebel Rebellious was one of 12 new blends introduced at the 2016 IPCPR trade show in Las Vegas. Today we are lighting up the Maduro version of the cigar that features a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper over Ecuadorian binder and Nicaraguan filler. It retails for 10 to $12 with ring gauges of 52 54 and 56 Okay, so a little flag on the head, an unfinished foot on it. 
Um, this looks like a uh, true Maduro cigar. I, I don't see anything uh, that I don't like on it. Sometimes it looks uh, like it's been tainted or anything. We don't see any of that. Everything looks legit on it. It looks like it's full-bodied. I know uh, Ernesto Carrillo, I would guess it is full-bodied. Oh, great. So uh, <laughs> let's get to it uh, right now. So uh, let me get my cutter over here. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. So... I had to do a little change-up on my uh, show notes with the passing of Avo. Mm. I had to make sure I had that there, and that's how we wanted to start the show. So now we have an unfinished foot, so it's going to seem like you don't have a good well, draw. Well, I'll tell you, I still got a good draw. Yeah? I do as Which well. Which means when it opens up, it's going to be phenomenal. little marshmallow sweetness on the cold draw. I'll go there. This is sticking your finger inside of the hot chocolate packet. And licking it, maybe one of the marshmallows sticks to your finger, but little little. And when uh, you bite down on a little bit, chocolate. it's a little chewy, like marshmallow. See what I did there? Did mm. you just give us both the yeah, nod? Both the love. There we go. Nice. Are we even on the air right now? I'm very nervous because no, we the are. lights off. Oh yeah. Well, so really? <laughs> what the hell? That's Chuck? the last of my worries. Is <laughs> this light, which is really the assholes light. But yes. for sake of consistency. By the way, on. the Ash Holes, you did the Ash Hole show I this did. week. I did. I liked it. We did uh, the worldwide launch of the Ash Hole game named after the show, or perhaps the show was named after the game. We're not going to tell you. <laughs> uh, you got a 90 ring gauge hole, and it's played very similar to Cornhole. If you can get your Ash to land directly inside the hole in any way, it can roll in, it can slide in, it can drop straight in, you get five points. And land the Ash anywhere on the board. You get one point, you play from about six feet away, and uh, the ash holes have a special deal. Can we tell um, our people? What like, I'm going to say is yeah. watch the show, check out the deal. It's unbelievable, but you would be able to get your very own ash hole board, but you've got to listen to the ash hole podcast to be able to figure it out. The, the, the deal is running until their very next show that will air uh, this coming Wednesday, so you've got a couple of days. It's only an hour long. It's like popping a Tic Tac. Yeah, it's an hour-long show. Set it and forget it. And, and you even said at the end of it, show should be longer. Should be longer. It, it, it flew by, right? Some people think it's just right, just the way it is. Just like this lighter. This lighter is the Vertigo Glock. It's also referred to as the poor man's flat flame because all three of the jets are in line. You've got the patented Vertigo big-ass tank and a very easy adjustment wheel at the bottom. It's a no-frills lighter for a no-frills price. Fourteen ninety nine. Unbelievable. The Vertigo Glock. It's okay. good in your pocket. It, it doesn't take up a lot of space because it's flat like it is. I like it. Fits it's perfectly in the coin pocket on your. Uh, all yes. my traveling right hand has, has been awesome because I've been the guy with the jet lighter in all these other countries I've been going to, and they can't get them in because they're not going Vertigo. You got to go Vertigo and you got to go plastic body and you got to fill it up all the way. Yes. Oh, and the other little trick is turn the flame off so that you can argue it's broken. Yeah. If they found it. So but far, I've never had one found. But All right, so we said we were going to get through a lot of mailbags. We're probably not going to because it turns out we have a, a surprise guest that we were able to, to book in at the very last minute for a good price, by the way. 
<laughs> and uh, do we get our money back if uh, he doesn't come through for us? He'll come through. There's no doubt he's coming through. So what do you got? Let's bang a mailbag out. All right. Uh, I caught the podcast. This is uh, the big man writing in. The big man. I caught the podcast of the Ashholes on my drive to work on Thursday morning, and it was nice to hear Mr. J over there. Isn't that? And this, they sent it to the Sky Authority. That's correct. All right. Uh, his Ashhole game uh, is a pretty awesome take on Cornhole. Will there be a version of the game branded for the Cigar Authority? No. Uh, I'll leave the email at this. Although there are many jokes to be had about Jonathan inventing a game involving a hole. Yes. I'll leave the low-hanging fruit for the member of your panel with the lowest-hanging fruit, whatever that means. It would be Barry. Uh, <laughs> regards, the big man. The big man. I personally think you chose a small hole in the Ash Holes game for a reason. I'm compensating. <laughs> okay. That ding-ding means it's time for the matchup of the week. Brought to you by VSVS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars. Who would win this hypothetical battle? Stop right there. Yep. I got this. Because I have another mailbag that ties in with this segment. And since we're banging out mailbags today, this has everything that you need. All right. You ready for this? Yep. All right. So uh, David writes in, my preference is to smoke. uh, Yes, my preference is to smoke with others. But if I'm alone, I will watch movies or documentaries. I had the occasion to watch two movies about Wyatt Earp from the 90s. Both have plenty of cigar smoking, which was great. But the question is, which is the better movie? Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner, Dennis Quaid, etc. Or Tombstone. With Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, etc. This is the versus segment. Which this is it? You're just jumping in. We're going to give it to the audience. Which okay. is the better one? You, you, this is to, for you guys. Wyatt Earp or Tombstone? I saw them both. I'm not a a big uh, You're not into western, the western guy type of thing. Um, well, the answer is Tombstone. The answer is definitely Tombstone, yeah. just because of Val Kilmer's portrayal of Doc Holliday. Yeah. See, and I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you on the tombstone. Jose Blanco gives a thumbs up to that, yeah. so I don't think it's even a contest. I don't really well, think hang it's a on. Hang on. Remember, I'll be your huckleberry. I'll be your huckleberry. Uh, my answer was tombstone when I responded just as a, hey, this is what I would guess. And he said, uh, while one could make this one a draw, you see what I did there? Ah. There is a winner, and as usual, Mr. Jonathan is wrong. Wow. As Tombstone. Tombstone is a movie seemingly written by a 12-year-old that has more plot holes than the Cowboys after the shootout at the OK Corral. Wyatt Earp has the weakness of Kevin Costner with a really bad hair as we suffer through his origin story, but it was written by the same man that wrote all of the best movies of the 80s and 90s, including Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes Back. Fact is, you take Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday out of Tombstone, and all you have is a confusing movie in which the most famous lawman of history doesn't want to be sheriff, and a movie that ends with a declaration that he would be happy taking money from his loved interest and dancing in public. David from Korea. Very valid point. From Korea. He's from Korea. I mean, well, what does he know about westerns? Just because you're from the East doesn't mean you don't know about the West, Barrons. What do we, we know about West? We have a, <laughs> we have a split Obviously decision. nothing. Let me see your shit shooter right now. Facebook Live is voting for Tombstone, while the chat room is voting for Wired Earp. Oh. Well, 
clearly the answer is Tombstone because 100%. that's what we said. Yeah, Dave, do you have a vote on this? And we are not really. I, I wouldn't make make a tele- intelligent decision, but it's interesting that somebody wrote in and actually took my segment away from me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And if they want to do that. Uh, That'll be great. So that is the uh, Victor Sinclair uh, versus, and I'll save this one for the one I have. I'm gonna, which is actually I thought would be pretty interesting because it's actually um, two people in the cigar industry going up against each other. But we'll save that for next week. Oh, little tease. Yeah, see what I did there. We'll save that for next week. Okay. By the way, so we're smoking the the EP Carrillo Original Rebellion Maduro. This thing is very full bodied, very full bodied. It's, uh, Am I wrong? Little yeah. bit of a little bit of a head rush going on, and I'm uh, one eighth of an inch in. I find it medium, medium, medium plus. Get out of here! Why don't you yeah. take just your low hanging fruit and shove it? That he's just. I find it mild myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me being a tough guy. This is this is a nine out of ten in strength. I'm retro hailing and, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm a, a little bit in. I'm not getting that abundance of pepper through oh the my nose. God. Sorry, it's gonna creep off. Yeah, I'm starting this, to this sweat. Is, this is nicotine. Nicotine. Ooh. Nicotine strength. Wow. This is uh, not up my wheelhouse. This is, this is too strong for me. This is scary strong right now. For being that much in and you're saying it's going to build up on you, this is uh, crazy. I feel the fillings in my teeth. Yeah. I'm picking up AM stations from Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> this is full body. Are you kidding me? Wow. Uh and it's not an EPC. It's an EP Carrillo. Yeah. That's an interesting distinction. Original Rebellion. We'll get into it when we get you up there. I want to know about why is it the original? Was there a, a secondary one that came out? We'll find all that out. But you got something in the mailbag? I do. Get one more out. Uh, Phil writes through the – this is through Facebook. A uh, little question that he sent me. As Jonathan wrote in his article the other day, there is more BS in this industry than almost any other. This is what Phil writes? This is what Phil writes. Oh, he must be in the industry. It's hard to know who to trust and who's basing their suggestions on something they heard from someone who was probably guessing rather than using cold hard facts. Concerning dry boxing, since the refrigerator is a dehumidifier, couldn't one use it to dry box some cigars in a warm, humid climate? The rumor is that you can as long as you let them warm up for a couple of hours before you light them. Haven't we said time and time again, never put your cigars in the refrigerator? Yep. Well, and there's, Haven't we said that? Yep. We've said it. Okay. And the reason is, now, you're not going to take your cigars and just put them loosely in the refrigerator, I would guess. If you were going to do something... You're saying dry box in the refrigerator. I understand that. So you're, you're, putting using, the box. you're using the box. There's this thing called dew point. So rel- humidity is relative to temperature. If you're at 80 degrees and you've got relatively high temperature, which 70% is relatively high... That means you only have 30% more headroom to absorb moisture at 70% humidity. You drop that temperature down to 40, you pass the dew point. Now you've got so much moisture in the air, it's going gonna, it's gonna to condense on the inside of the box. Yeah. So now, yeah, when you're trying to dry your cigars out in the dehumidifier, it's only four hours. Which is, his point is the refrigerator is a dehumidifier, Correct. which is true. Yeah. It's true, but you don't have enough time. You'd have to put it in there for months. To be able to get the drying effect because the initial reaction is going to be all that moisture is going to become dew on the inside of the box. You're going to have wetter cigars 
putting them in a cooler Don't environment. Don't ever put cigars in a refrigerator. It's bad news. That's it. So that's what it comes down to. So he thought it, it is true that this is what he should do? Or? He was asking before he did it. And right. thank God that's Don't. what he was asking. Don't, Don't do ever it. do it. Phil. And I hope this wasn't months old and he's already no. done it. Wait, <laughs> no, wait. For, no, no, this was brand new. Why we were trying to get to some of these things is look at this stack, folks. This is all mail that comes wow. in, and we're not going to get to it today, but we're going to get to some of them, hopefully, and start picking them off. So uh, early thoughts here on the original Rebellious Maduro from E.P. Carrillo. It's strong. I was expecting more pepper. I'm not getting as much pepper as I thought I would. There is there's an underlying sweetness to the cigar. The retro hail is very smooth. Um, yeah, I for taste me, it's see medium, John medium retro plus. I'm not retro hailing. This is you could offer me two hundred dollars right yeah. now. It's that not could be the offer of the day. Wow. Yeah, I'll vomit. Kick in the back of the throat here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, very full body. All in the back. This is a, if, if you're into full bodied cigars, this would be up your alley, for sure. Well, a lot going on. A lot, th- lot think, of flavor. I th- think this might be Jose's favorite cigar going now. Really? We'll see. We're going to bring him on. So let's go to break. Let's bring him on as soon as we can. We come back. He is an industry veteran with over thirty years experience. But you might know him from uh, his world-famous tasting and blending seminars. Jose Blanco joins us live when we return. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Series is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lining up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or a diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. 
pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10 count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple. Exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor, smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing pot. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is Armand Asante, and you are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we are back live in the La Florida Dominicana Cigar Studios. You're listening to the Cigar Authority. With us is the cigar industrialist, Jose Blanco. Welcome back, Jose. Uh, it's always great to be here. You know, when I came in, I thought I was seeing the Three Stooges lives with yes. those costumes you have on. There but, uh, New uniforms. <laughs> These are our uniforms, Jose. Smoking jacket. You think we can bring them back? That's our goal here. Bring back the smoking jacket. Good luck with that one. Can you imagine going into a cigar lounge, and in the cigar lounge, you would walk in, and the jackets would be all lined up, and you put your jacket on before you go, before you you light your cigar, so when you leave, you don't smell of cigars. I think the most famous person to ever use the uh, smoking jacket was Sir Winston Churchill. Yeah. I think it got auctioned off with all the burns in it for I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a a good piece of memorabilia to have. I don't know. I think Ward Cleaver was pretty famous. He had a smoking jacket. So before we get into uh, our interview with you, uh, you were friends with Avo Yavazian. Oh, yes. Uh, It's it's funny. I was coming back from a trip. I can't remember. I think it was from Santo Domingo. And uh, I saw this gentleman with with this hat. Yes. That was his trademark. I already had, 
I came up to him and I said who I was. And, you know, during the years at uh, Pro Cigar, seeing him at Davidoff at the uh, IPCPR, I was RTDA at that time. Sure. <clears throat> had a great friendship with Avo. And I remember every time I would go to the Dortmund show, he would tell me, uh, well, you wait for me in the morning. So I would walk him over the bridge, bring him to the convention yeah. center at 5. I would go to the booth, uh, bring him back. And nice. to me, one of his most memorable uh, memorable smokes is, I think, his best ever was the Avo 22. Yes, it was. I have, unfortunately, an, an empty box cylinder. or cylinder of it. I loved it. That was unbelievable. Great smoke. But uh, over the years, all the different, you talk about a guy whose palate's changed. Uh, over the years, all his special releases that came out year after year, he would give me two years in advance. You know, when I would see him for that event, he would give me something else and say, we're working on this. What do you think of it? And I'd say, Avo, your, your taste, your palate is changing. It's very strong. Yeah, I remember the really first really, <clears throat> really full, full body, strong with a lot of strength that there was the Avo 80th. Yes. That cigar I remember when Henke was working on and he didn't tell me what it was. And I smoked. I said, like, wow, what's this? He says, this is for Avo's 80th. And I go, like, wow, it's really, you know, yeah. going up to the next level. Absolutely. So you did lots of years in the Dominican Republic. Uh, so you know him from there. But you were working at La Aurora uh, for many, many years. And, um, you know, have you seen that the, the taste palette for the U.S. market has changed? Oh, yeah. It's a definitely. Look. You've been in the business longer than me. If you go back, what did we have before? We had Candela, Maduro, yeah. Connecticut, Indonesia, and Cameroon. That was it. Yes. Then the boom came in, and everybody started to grow different things. The Cubans, because with the problem they had in 92 and 94, Melio Espino created uh, Criollo 98 and yeah. uh, Corojo 99. People ask me all the time, what was that about? I said, well... Cuba, 92 and 94, had a big problem with blue mold. So Melio created a, uh, a seed that would be resistant to black shank right. and blue mold. And then, you know, Havano came. Then the Brazilians, Matafina, Matanorte, Arapiraca, Sumatra, grown by the olivas in, uh, in uh, Ecuador. Yeah. It didn't have that bland, metallic uh, taste that Indonesia has, and they created... Uh, the Sumatra that's uh, very rich, very flavorful, has a nice spice to it, ton of flavor. So it's 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 all about you know different seeds grown in different countries. So, so I, really, I, really, the thing isn't so much that the American palate has changed. It's more that the cigar industry has grown with the amount of flavors they can offer, and the American consumer is embracing the different flavors. Yeah, but look at you. Like. You look like uh, Ecuador to me. I mean, it's growing probably the best wrappers. In the world, you have they have Havano there, they have Sumatra, they have Criollo 98, they have uh, uh, Havana Vuelta Arriba. I mean, they've created so much stuff, and they're still working on different things, the Olivas, the Perez, Damian, and different uh, 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 growers of tobacco tr trying to bring in cigars. I mean, different uh, profiles, on their, especially on their uh, wrappers, you know, to work well with... Uh, fillers and binders from DR, from uh, Costa Rica, Mexico, Honduras, Nicaragua. So we have more tobaccos to work with. Sure. And it, and it was Carrillo um, with La Gloria Cubana. He was really playing with Sumatra oh, yeah. back in the early days. And he was, I remember uh, La Gloria Cubana comes out and it becomes like the first full-bodied cigar. 
yet using a lot of Dominican tobaccos, but, but bringing in Sumatra and things like that that escalated that cigar into, wow, look at this cigar for, at that time, $3, the Wavell, $3.15. That sold all day long. Wow. You couldn't even get it. Right. Right. And he, he was manufacturing in the U.S., at the time, he goes. Yes. To, he goes to the Dominican Republic for so that he could go into full production, uh, be able to handle full production, and, and uh, boy, it, it actually changed the industry. I would say Gloria Cubana changed the profile tasting of the industry. Definitely, definitely. And then he was the first one to come out with the big ring gauges. That look, ring gauge, big ring gauges were made before, but they were not really popular. Yes. So Ernie started with the Series R, then he did the Series R Maduro. I remember the first time I saw a 54, 56. And look, already we're into 70 and 80. Right. The industry has Crazy. changed so much. Mm. It's nuts. Uh, and, and now you, you have, what ring gauge are we smoking here? This is the, the, this uh, the 52. A 52. This is the 52. Doesn't it seem like almost like a lawns deal at this well, point? I, yeah, I would have I honestly guessed 50 because right. it just seems so thin. And that would be a thick cigar in those days. And you would look at it and say, wow, that's not a 50. Oh, my God. Just seven years ago when we started the show, we have an anniversary show next week. Seven years ago, a 60 ring gauge was gargantuan. Right. We, would, we all said it. I'm not smoking that. Yeah. We're not smoking Now that. it seems to be the norm of people starting actually in a 52. I'd probably chill. smoke two a week What is the point? smallest ring gauge of this line? Of this is the, the smallest one. This is the one. smallest. It starts at 52, 54, and, uh, and uh, 56. You know, I think I... Maybe on this show I did it, but I know I've commented on it. Many, many years ago when the fad was going on, I, I like to research a lot. So I asked about 140 between retailers, social media guys, and just consumers, and three things came up. First of all, it's a value thing. Second, it's an American thing. And third, it's a macho thing. Is it an American thing, though? You, you're around the world. You go around the world with, you, with your own brand that you had, and, and you went, you've been everywhere. I'm seeing even the Cubans are making big ring gauge cigars. So maybe it's not an American thing any longer. No, it's not an American thing anymore. But still, you have a lot of countries in Europe that they'll start to order some bigger sizes. But basically in Europe, what you're going to see is a lot Lanceros, Petit Coronas, Coronas, Robustos, some Toros. And some countries you see on Instagram, Facebook, and events that uh, you go to that uh, – did you see in the big ring gauges? I got off the phone with a distributor that were striking a deal, and uh, and he just said to me, you know, the, the highest I want to go in when I bring in your everything from EPC is, is a 54. And he says, we're not yet accustomed in, in, in our country to smoke uh, the, 60, uh, the 60 ring gauge. And, th- and then you go some places like in Sweden and Denmark, I've seen some people with the 60, Germany, Spain, not so much, France, not so much. It all depends on the country you go to. Definitely in... China, which I've been a couple of times, uh, Shanghai, Beijing, Hong Kong, even Thailand, they're still up to a max of a, of a 54. But it's something that's catching on. Yeah. Well, there are little people there, too. 54 <laughs> is a big ring gauge. <laughs> so wrong. Is it wrong? Well, when you, when you have a thicker cigar, you, really, you, can, you have an opportunity to do more blending, I would imagine, because you have more leaves that you can play with, right? Well, <sighs> not really, because to be honest... When you're blending a cigar, a lot of uh, the, the master blenders, they'll do it in the Corona size, and then some majority will do them in a Robusto. Ernesto, because, and not because I work with him and I've been friends with him uh, for more than 20 years. Uh, Ernesto, when he's doing the big ring gauge, he just works off that 60 ring okay, gauge. Okay, so he's blending to that size. He's blending to that size. And to be honest, I don't think anybody could blend a 60 or a 64 the way Ernesto could do it. I mean, it's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a master. He could do any size, don't get me wrong. But on that big ring gauge, I mean, 
Look what he did with LaGloria. Look what he does with the inch. Right. We sell eight or 900,000 sticks of the inch alone every year. Wow. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Is that his hot thing? The, is the inch, is that his hot inch, inch and La Storia is, is basically our, our two best sellers. La Storia a little bit more than the inch. Then we have the new wave and the new wave kinetic, and of course the uh, the oscuro. But now, right now, the rebel and the dust—they're catching on fire. Because the the thing unique about Ernesto is that Ernesto is a person that's willing to spend time and time with different blends and different types of tobacco to see, you know, how it uh, marinates well. Uh, you know, put it together. Mm, yeah. It's it's not easy. People think that you know you go down to a factory and you know. Oh, you take this leaf and this leaf. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, I see people when they bring down them. We're going to blend a cigar, and and, and an hour later, let's see what you got. And it's ridiculous. It takes years, not an hour. It's a it's years from a guy that's been doing it for years and years. It'll take him a year to end up accomplishing it. And we go down there and put a blend together, and and in one hour, and think we have something. And oh, it's pretty good. It's crap. But but I got to tell you something. This is something that uh, people do not understand. You could, I mean. All of you have been in factories, and sure. I guess everybody here has made one time or another a blend, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to So what it. happens is that uh, you say, well, you know, I want a Havano Ecuadorian wrapper. I want a, uh, let's say, uh, a binder from Esteli. I want Piloto Cubano and Criollo from Dominican. I want some, some Viso from, uh, from Esteli. So you tell the roller to make it, and the roller makes it, and, you know, right off the bat you smoke it, and it's going to be a little bit wet. And you say, really, really, I like it. I think this has potential. So what happens? You put it down, and you leave it. The minimum is 21 days to smoke it. When you smoke it at 21 days, you go like, what the yeah. F is this? Right. <laughs> but then sometimes you make a cigar, and you smoke it right off the table. And because you have certain knowledge, you said it has potential. And all of a sudden, you leave it 21 days. And then the cigar is like, it picked up. That's evolving it's, uh, into something. It, 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 it works out well. Yeah. It's not that easy. No, no. And typically, you would do a whole bunch of different blends, number them off, and say it because to wait all this time, twenty-one days, to say no, we got to tweak that. You're going to make all kinds of tweaks and put them in as we were going through some numbered cigars before. Okay, here's all the different things, and then it finally creeps into it becomes this one. Start working with that one, evolving a year into it, and say, okay, this is what we're going to go because with. Because what happens is when you do the twenty-one days. Let's say you're working on three blends, <clears throat> and you say, well, this blend, you know, uh, it was not complex enough, or uh, this cigar was uh, very one-dimensional, it lacked aroma, uh, it was totally unbalanced. So, you know, you tweak it a lot, and then when you think you're too, you got it, then you leave them to 21 days. But after that, you've got to leave them at least 60 days, because believe it or not, from 21 to 60, you could have a big change yeah, again. It's going to change so again. on 60 days is really when you say, well... We got it. We think we got it together. We're going to go into production, and then we're going to start making them. And, you know, you're going to wish that, you know, with time, yeah. they're going to be much better. And I can tell you that sometimes we've got into production. We've smoked them after 120 days, and all of a sudden, you know what? We've got to go back again. There's Absolutely. something wrong. So this was said that this is the E.P. Carrillo original rebellious. The rebel rebellious. Look, what happened with that was uh, – Ernesto, for many people, is considered a rebel. Okay. So the thing that they came up with, that uh, bringing out something as uh, him being the rebel, you know, using the Sumatra, using the big sizes, selling his company, coming back again. Yeah. It's Ernesto, in a way, he's, he's uh, 
Zarebel and those that have had the opportunity to meet Ernesto, whether it's been at the factory, whether it was General, his own factory, IPCPR, an event in the show, Ernesto is one of the most humble people yes, out there. absolutely. I mean, he is, he is a person that will talk tobacco all day. It's, it's funny because I was in December, and uh, I was staying with him at his uh, apartment, and, uh, you know, we would spend the whole day in the factory. Then when we would go out to dinner, it would be like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning on, on his balcony looking towards Santiago, still talking about cigars and, you know, the good times, the bad times, the things we have to do, all the, uh, the evolution that's been in the industry, because a lot of people do not realize how much the industry has evolved. You have more of a take on it on the retail side, because you've been through through the whole process. Yeah, we see the Taxes, change happen for us, yeah. The change. I mean, yeah. the consumer of today is more knowledgeable than the consumer before. Today, you can make a cigar. Because making a cigar and selling it for the first time is the easiest thing. Right. That, Absolutely. And I've always said it's all about one word, consistency, consistency, consistency. Yeah. You can't fool the consumer no. anymore. No. And the consumer says to us, we're, we're on the on ground level here dealing with the consumer on the retail level, and the customer comes in and says, you know, it changed. My, either my taste changed or the cigar changed, but I don't like it anymore. And every single time that ends up happening, we'll go to the cigar ourselves to try it. Let's see if that guy is right. He is right because this is what he buys all the time. He, knows, he knew it before we even knew it. We try it and say, something has changed here. And maybe a, a small production facility doesn't have the tobacco, so we know the millions of dollars it costs to end up saying, this is the blend and we're going to stay consistent with this, so we're going to have to buy an awful lot of it. And you've got to worry about what happened to the growers that following year. And at that point, the blend has to be tweaked to try to become what it was. Definitely. It's like, look, I've always uh, said to people in the seminars, if you ever see on Fox or CNN that some country had – Back to back, the same crops. Even if you don't believe in God, stop praying because the world is going to come to an end. Yeah. Every every seed, every 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 crop is going to be different. Not only in tobacco and grapes and tomatoes, the whole nine yards, the sun, uh, the soil. A lot of things have to do with it. It's, it's not like it's not black and white. Right. And that that's going to be issues that's going to happen with FDA if they end up saying, okay, what's it going to be? Because frankly, honestly. The, the blend changes all the time because they have to tweak it to try to make it to be that exact cigar because there was too much sun, there was too much rain, something happened to that crop. So now in order to maintain the cigar to stay the same, this is the magic of a blender. Once he has a blend, people are saying that FDA, you can't make any new cigars if that's the way it goes down. Is there a need for a blender anymore? The need for the blender is is to maintain the consistency of that cigar, so the blending never stops. I'll give you I'll give you an example that people ask me all the time. Okay, so let's say you have one year a a crop that it rained a lot. What's going to happen? You're going to have big leaves. They're going to be thin veins. Uh, uh, they're going to be light colored. They're not going to have a lot of oils. The fermentation yep. process is going to be at a lower temperature than uh, than a regular one. So you have one year that it hardly rained. You're going to have small leaves, thick veins, thick leaves, very oily twin dark leaves. The fermentation process on that is going to be much longer. So what happens? You take a Robusto has five leaves. So let's say that X blend has one leaf of Ligero, uh, uh, a leaf of, uh, of, of East or maybe uh, three leaves of, of Seco, whatever it is. So that year you were using uh, tobaccos that were really punted and had a lot of, uh, you know, buzz to it, yeah. up to it. 
So what happens? So when you're do, you're do, like now we're using what we're in 2017. Ernesto is using tobacco to, 2013, and the majority of big companies do that. Yeah. So when you start to look at your let's say your 2014 crop, so you go to the magic book and you say, okay, from this region and this region, our visa was this, this, and that. Uh, from Nicaragua was this. From La Canela was this. From Gurabo was this. So maybe you had a. Uh, a, a season where it rained a little bit more. So instead of maybe putting one leaf of lijero, what you have to do is you put a, a, a half leaf more of lijero to come up with that. Because what happens is that the the, uh, the tobaccos are the same. The percentages is what changes. Right. Yeah, so a lot more difficult than, say, a chef would do using ingredients because our ingredients change so dramatically due to the weather that ends up happening. And that's what, and you say with, with a big manufacturer, here's the thing about Ernesto Carrillo, now a small manufacturer, but still operating as a big manufacturer and, and has uh, the infrastructure, the, the tobacco leaves and everything that he ends up need, and the relationships, frankly, from all these years with the growers to be able to get the proper uh, tobacco it is. Oh, yeah. To begin I mean, uh, the, the same people, the Perez and uh, for the Kinetics, the Olivas, uh, for the Sumatra and, and the Habano, the, the Perez uh, family also, for the Fillers, uh, the same people in Dominican Republic for the Piloto Cubano and, and, and the, the Criollo 98. If you, don't have, if you don't have the money, if you don't have the storage facilities to warehouse all the tobaccos, then uh, down, down the road, uh, something's going to yeah, get screwed then up. then you're going to get in trouble because even the bigger players will just buy it all from uh, out from underneath you and you're not going to be able to get that product. So some of the games that are played, really tough for, for the little guy that's out there. But uh, You guys ever eat the uh, the sesame sticks? Yeah. So you, sometimes in the bag you get ones that are toasted just a little bit more. And that's what I'm getting out of this. It's it's a little, not I don't want to say over-toasted, but it's a little extra-toasted. Sesame sticks is what I got going on for a flavor. Yeah, you going like? <laughs> I got some heavy uh, spices, heavy rub, dry rub spices. I think I you're g- thinking about putting your bow tie back on. <laughs> this is a heavy cigar, man. Oh, it's Although, the, the calm first, down from the, the first The light. initial buff. Now, that might have something to do with the tobacco leaves that were covering it. So I lit that cigar and I actually drew in wrapper leaf because of uh, it's an unfinished foot. And draw that in because the initial punch in the back of my throat was, whoa, I'm going to have a real problem with this as, as it's going on. But I'm okay. It calmed down a bit on me, and I'm yep. able to get through it. Uh, but it is still up to Solid medium plus. It's full-bodied. It, look, it's full body. you have to understand. It's not, don't be taste, ashamed to say it's taste, full-bodied. Taste is subjective. I said it a million times. I could go to the factory. Uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, coffee and toast, take a full-body cigar, I'll be at ease. There's people, you'll give them a, uh, a mild cigar after dinner. Uh, they ate a 22-ounce steak, two big Idaho potatoes, and they'll go, <laughs> Yeah, it's strong. No, it's not strong. The problem is your tolerance scale is, is very low. Taste is subjective. What you eat, what you drink, uh, what you pair up with, the weather, everything affects a cigar. I know for years, because I've known you for 17, 18 years. Sure. That you like mild to medium. You're not a you're not a guy that would smoke a a really heavy full body cigar. But to me, this is out of Ernesto stuff. I would say on the strength, it's around eight eight and a half. And something that I always uh, pick up uh, from Barry and many people who are uh, really have good palates. It, it all depends on the retro hail because if you just 
you know, going in through your mouth, it's going to be basically it's sweet, sour, salty, or, or bitter. Yeah. But when you retrohale, there's more than 350 different notes. You pick up, it's sharp, it's metallic, it's grassy, it's sweet. But what sweetness are you picking up? Is it the sweetness of a milk chocolate, or is it the sweetness of a uh, bitter, uh, like a Godiva, bitter, yeah. bittersweet? Is it black pepper, red pepper? So really on the retrohale is where you pick up the strength and, and different notes. To me, it's like I said, I like it. It's full body. It's rich. has a lot of sweetness because of the broad leaf. And then from the Nicaragua, you get that nice earthiness and, and the spice to it. And, of course, uh, with the Ecuador binder. And a lot of people don't take uh, don't think about the binder. But a, a binder has a lot to do with the balance oh, and the finish of the cigar. It has a great aroma to it. It oh, does. Yes. Great aroma. To set up, though, you guys talked to him beforehand and said, talk up this retro hill thing, yeah. see if you can get him to do it. It ain't happening, Jose. Yeah, Jonathan doesn't like to retro hill. He can't handle it. Can't handle it. Well, it's like. I, I can do it on a, on a lighter cigar. I'm not going to do it either. And, and I say, you know, you go into the factories and they say, you know, retro hill the cigar so you can get it. And I, and I say, I don't do it. Not only because it, it's too powerful for me, stinging my nose as it does, but I'm a retailer, and the majority of consumers don't do it either. So 98%. Don't. Don't do it. So, therefore, I want to smoke the cigar as my customer would smoke it so that I can Yeah, there's nothing, dis- for me anyways, there's nothing uh, sexy about the aroma of a scratch-and-sniff sticker at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> I'm just, that's what it feels like. So, I may pick up a couple of the subtle scents, but I got water going through my sinuses and it's burning yeah it's always good to clear the sinuses it it clears them so when when i when i am (laughs) testing a cigar or or doing a blind taste or something i try to do a little bit i'll just do a little bit of it so that i can pick up some wording that they're looking looking to get but uh i can do it with so little smoke that you can't tell that i'm retrohaling and i can get a little taste on it yeah if you it can does see change the, it, there's no doubt about it. If you it. can see the smoke coming out of my nose, my eyes are watering, I'm in trouble. Yeah. But the, at the same thing, I think uh, one of the misconceptions that uh, uh, people have about retrohaling is that people think, how many guys do we know that every three puffs, they retrohale? I mean, that's the way of, of enjoying the cigar. It's okay. Right. The way I see it, you know, you light it up half an inch into it, you know, take a couple of puffs, you retrohale through it, you wait through the middle, then you retrohale a lot. And to me, what's very important and uh, is something that I study very much is the finish on the cigar. Yeah. So when you're on that three quarters, you really want that cigar to have, you know, be, be uh, building up little by little. Then you retrohale it a couple more times, and that's when you can really describe the finish on a cigar. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to imagine this is going to be a long finish. I'm get, I'm <laughs> it it has a long finish. On yes. the retrohale, I'm getting a little bit of blueberry. You know, it's it, it, it's funny uh, it's, that Barry brings it up because at the uh, at the seminars I always talk about you know the different things that pick up and I'm not going to say who because uh, somebody wrote a uh, a comment one day on a, on a little blog that said the cigar was medium to full it was this bada 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 bing and then on the finish it had a, uh, a hint of blueberry muffins. Look, t- was, take my be, word. Had to be Barry. And, <laughs> no. and guess what he was eating during that? <laughs> yeah, I I I've been smoking for fifty one years. I've never picked up a scent of uh, a blueberry, leather, woodsy, uh, orange peel. Uh, well, in the end, what's the difference between an orange, orange peel, peel and like a blueberry? Uh, I got to admit, Victor in the in Facebook Live put me up to saying. Blueberry. So it might be Victor that you're referring to. Yeah. What do you put me up to? Yeah. 
No, because I don't I don't get blueberry at all. But <laughs> it, it is uh, barbecued meat. You know, it's a, meaty. A, a, yeah, you got a little meaty. You got a little burnt ends yeah. going on. Yeah. where the the fire hits the meat a little bit and chars it. It's good. It's like I tell people: you're picking up a a, a hint or a sense of leather. It's not that you you lick right leather, a leather or it's you do what you do in your spare time, and yeah. I do what I do. But I get leather too. I have leather in this too. There's plenty of leather. Sometimes the leather slips from the ball gag, and you just you, it's an unmistakable flavor. Woodsy, oh woodsy. God. You get a lot of woodsy yeah. to it, of course. You mentioned barbecue. For me, there's a, a similarity to the skin from a pig roast. So I think like having this cigar at a pig roast would pair really well. Yeah. So. Well, because you're thinking about the food, Barry. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> Guilty. And that's what he's thinking all the time as he's smoking and sleeping. How many times? <laughs> how many times you guys out there have smoked a cigar? Salute, Tom. Uh, I'm here with Tom, my uh, our EPC rep, one of the greatest guys out there, he's and a great uh, guy. he uh, he made. Uh, uh, David Happy he today. He made my morning, he I'll tell you that. But how many I times one. How many times have you smoked a cigar and you go like, I'm picking up a note of a rich, dark espresso? Many times. Yeah. Many, many times. Right, yep. yep, that's sure. common. You know, what would be interesting is to get a bunch of guys together smoking a cigar, the same cigar, and then deciding what do you want to have for lunch? Based on smoking the cigar, now what do you want? Because I want barbecue yep. right now. Yeah. See, now that, that is an idea for an event. We don't know what the food is. We're going to smoke the first cigar, and we're going to get a general consensus of what we're eating. Yeah. And you've got and five different restaurants that you're going to order from. They all deliver. Yeah. And now who wins? Yeah. But the other interesting thing was you smoke the cigar. What do you feel like eating? Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could go for a beef short rib right now. I could go for some pineal. Yeah. Dave? What is it? Pineal? Pineal. I took Barry to a a, a, uh, barbecue steak tip place that would go perfect right now. That would. Oh, yeah. That would. They had really good broccoli there. But you know know something that people ask me all over the world about pairings? And I said, what's your favorite pairing? So my favorite pairing is the one that I enjoy the most and brings out the best in the cigar. They understand about the first part, but the second explain. Pairing alcohol? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people, I would say, okay, let's say that you like McAllen 18 and you like a Padron 1964 Maduro. And uh, that's what Mr. Jonathan likes. And Barry invites him to his house. He has the Padron or it could be, let's say, La Historia, whatever cigar you want. But what he has is Chivas 12, which is not a bad whiskey, but it's. But compared to McAllen 18, it's totally different. You might enjoy the cigar and the pairing, but it's not going to bring out the best in the cigar because your favorite is McAllen with with Uh Istoria or whatever. So it's like with coffee. I like really good coffee, and I like a really good rum. Now, could I have any type of coffee? Yes, because I I need to have the coffee, but it's not going to be like my favorite pairing. It would be like... When I come here and Barry makes coffee for yeah, me, it's... that's coffee. That's, that's really coffee. He yeah. learned down, down in Miami. He did. <laughs> and we're, we're over in the Nashua store. That's what he does for us all the time. So what's, what's up with uh, uh, E.P. Carrillo cigars? They have something coming out? Well, we had this year came out the, uh, the Dusk with a uh, Connecticut uh, Broadleaf Rapper 2, the, uh, the Rebel Rebellious uh, with uh, Havano uh, uh, 
with the Connecticut Broadleaf. I mean, this is the Broadleaf of the Maverick. Uh, that's with Havano, Ecuador, with the, the, the filler uh, from Nicaragua. The uh, Also, we came out with Capa de Sol, that's Havano, uh, Ecuador on it. Then we came out with the uh, short run 2016, the short run Nicaragua 2016. Was that all because of FDA? Let me come out with a whole bunch of stuff. FD, so that we can do- FDA and yeah, that. But, you know, we, we just did, you know, we, we did what we had to do with the FDA, but then Ernesto took the time to make the cigars. Some came out in November. We ran out right away. And then January, February, March, uh, we've been coming out with, with different things. That's one thing. Ernesto will not release those cigars until they, they have their 60, right. 90 days of, uh, of aging on it. But sometimes some manufacturers took small runs just to get it out on the market and then plans on at the trade show this year to actually really re- yes. formally release it. Is, are you going to do some of that? Yeah, well, basically everything we have, we have one that's still in, uh, it, it, it's in the works. The cigar is resting there. It's something that I think it's going to be probably uh, Ernesto's uh, best cigar ever. Ah, you got a name to it? Yeah, the Encore. Oh, okay. All right. Scoop. You heard it here first. There we go. And we'll see you at the no, trade show. Ready no, to go? we had it at the, at the trade okay. show last year. The, you know, it was sent out to some companies, uh, you know. Yeah, just to just get it out there. To get it out. Well, and, and, look, and you, it's the stuff is resting and ready to go. It's soon. It's it's resting soon. It's it's yeah. it's taking it's taking its time. And that's, that's he's in no hurry. He's going to do it when it's time to do it. You have one shot at a at a uh, first shot to let people try it. There's no sense in giving them something that's not ready. That's right. And uh, and you know the way that this, this thing is going with the FDA. I mean, you and I were in Mexico. We heard some nice yeah. Uh, yeah, news some last hope. year. Hope. Some hope. It's the last thing that, uh, you know, you just can't just go and die and not think so. We think uh, I'm a little bit more positive than I was uh, two or three yeah, months we, ago. Yeah, we have, we have a chance with a different regime in this country, although we saw yesterday with the health bill, it didn't go anywhere. So, You know what, though? Well, yeah. I wouldn't get into politics. Yeah. <laughs> Good to oh, see that they didn't just rush into a decision, you know? I mean, just to do it for the sake of doing it, I think. Well, in the meantime, we're bleeding out, so yeah. you better do something, you know? There's a big hole in the boat, and it's sinking. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, you got to got to pull the trigger on some of these things. Yeah, yeah what we have to do is to make cigars great again. Right. <laughs> That's what we have to do. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. So uh, your traveling show, your road show of uh, your blending seminars continue. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm already booked till uh, about uh, the 15th of June. Uh, I'll be in Tennessee, I think, uh, second week of... Uh, no, third week of April. Next week, uh, when I get back, I'll be doing uh, Tampa, Orlando. <clears throat> then I'll be in California for a week doing seminars there. Then I'm going out for the first time. Can't believe it, to Salt Lake. Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, Salt Lake. Uh, I think there's two cigar shops yeah, there. Ken- <laughs> yeah, well, look, to be honest, uh, yeah, Kendrick at Beehive Cigars, he gave okay, us a, good. a huge order last week, and he's going to have me there for a two-day event. Utah has the highest cigar tax in the nation at 86%. Wow. No, because Minnesota's worse with 90 Okay. You know how many shops are left in Minnesota? Seven. Oh, my God. Wow. Whole state. Out of 54, 56. Yeah, don't these states see this, that they're getting nothing? It doesn't mean that people aren't smoking cigars in those states. They're just buying them online, and all you did is hurt the retailer, and 50-cent cap is is the way to go. We saw Rhode Island do it years back, and they said, we'll test it for a couple of years. They tested it and said, 
Absolutely. And now, you've been to Rhode Island? There's more cigar shops than there are on every corner. I know. Yeah, there's there's too many. Cigar slash bars. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. So we'll see what that ends up going. So you want to stay on for the rest of the show or what? Am I going to get at least lunch here? You'll get lunch. Okay. We'll give you lunch <laughs> yeah, after pro- the show. Probably they'll take me to McDonald's, but what the hell. But we'll have a little snack. I'm going to take a look at where Barry's break. hand is. Is there some sort of puppet act going on over here? <laughs> what are you doing over there, Barry? Okay, um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue with uh, Jose Blanco, and uh, we'll find out what's up in the cigar industry. we got a classic four-way today because we'll include uh, Jose on this. I think... Uh, he knows uh, the players and whose birthdays are coming up. Um, we'll see if we can defeat the champion. And we got more in the mailbag. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And if you happen to be smoking your EPC original Rebellious Maduro, always remember, keep the lid end out of your mouth. Tune in next Saturday, April 1st, 2017, for the Cigar Authority's 7th anniversary. Catalina Wine Mixer. It's our marquee event every year. We get all the heavy hitters coming out, all right? Okay. Okay. It's a big deal. It means I'm going to be on your ass. I'm going to be in your jockstrap. Okay. In it. Okay, using your balls as a speed bag. Which would be unnecessary. You wake up in the middle of the night, someone's laying next to you, spooning with you, chances are it's going to be me. Okay. This is big. You can spend the rest of your life smoking menthol cigarettes and eating Kobe beef. First of all, you got to make sure you got enough wine and food for 100 to 120 people. Right. Also, we got to talk about music, all right? That's a big thing. We're going to talk about a live musical act that flat out nails it. Last year, we had Lorraine Abdul, Paula Abdul's mother. She brought it, my friend. Paula Abdul's mother is an entertainer. She brought it. She served it up hot and nasty. <laughs> Fried it up like a chili's hot plate. You know what I'm talking about? Really? Yes. What are you retarded? It's the Catalina Wine Mixer. It's the big league. It's the Catalina Wine Mixer. Join us this Saturday for the friggin' Catalina Wine Mixer. The Cigar Authority's 7th anniversary show live at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Special guest Omar DeFrias from Fratello Cigars. Join us live at 12 noon. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars as Raphael Nodel has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Raphael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera. It will have you call it for an encore. 
In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at TwoGuysCigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection. I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. No, no, love. It's called Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal is that it's all about cigars and none of the nonsense that you see in other magazines. It has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. You're going to be impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, great editorials, and it's strictly for the cigar enthusiast or, get this, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. Cigar Journal, available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co. That's cigarjournal.co. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tobacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Piloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at better cigar shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. It was 2010 on my 50th birthday. Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars showed up in my office and honored me with a gift. It was a box of cigars. But this box of cigars was not what I expected, one I never saw before, something without the Perdomo name on it. It was my name, Garofalo. Garofalo Cigars has my name on it, but it was blended and created by Perdomo as a gift, a gift of a brand of cigars. So what should you expect from a Garofalo cigar? Rich layers of complex flavors, but offered in a mild to medium body profile. A blend comprised of fine Cuban seed Nicaraguan tobaccos, including a triple fermented five-year age Connecticut shade wrapper. I'm honored to have Garofalo, my name, surrounding such a wonderful cigar. I would be honored if you would give a Garofalo cigar a try. Garofalo Cigars, an honor. 
This the crowd is standing on his feet here at Augusta. Is the Cigar Authority. What are your badges? The Authority. We ain't got no badges. On everything cigar. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. With your host. Ho, ho, slow down there, speed racer. David Garofalo. Put that coffee down. Coffee's the closes only. Mr. Jonathan. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Barry Stump. That guy in a little coat. That guy in a little coat. Don't. <laughs> and Chuck. Morrison. I went to magic camp. I'm an accomplished ventriloquist. Oh, I am a seventh degree imperial yo-yo master. <gasps> it's time to light them up. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. It's time. I would rather you just said thank you. For the Cigar Authority. Yeah! And we are back with our number two, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios, wrapping up and completing another full year on the Cigar Authority this hour. Next week, we will be celebrating our seventh anniversary. But until then, welcome back to the sixth year of the Cigar Authority. Still the in the last sixth hour. Year. That's the right. last hour. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority, the only cigar show in the U.S. and, yes, the world, that is always broadcast on location. And we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist. We demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com, where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, or Podbean.com, where you can set it and forget it. Okay, before we uh, light up the next cigar, we like to have a little some little treat or something. Get a little sugar into us. What the hell is going on the over palace. here? We have Easter coming up. It's not that far away. I uh, I had put I, I a halftime treat yes, out here. I, I, uh, I said I got this. He got you found it. it. I found it. I found something else because he had raisins. Raisins. It's nice, but it's, it's not like a treat. Raisin toast. That's the thing I used to hate on Halloween. You'd go trick-or-treating, and then like the little old lady at the house down the block. Give you a box she of raisins. She'd a little box of raisins. Yeah, you get I don't want raisins. Mad. Jeez. So I used to always get the apple and it had a, a thing in Magic Marker with an arrow pointed at the slit with the razor blade <laughs> that said, bite, bite here. And grandma, so, she would do that to you every, every year, right? Like you're my own grandmother. <laughs> We're related by blood. So when you talk Easter, what is the number one Easter thing you think? Peeps. Uh, Cadbury eggs. Definitely Cadbury eggs. Oh, peeps. It is the peep. That's BS. Those it are is... stupid and they're disgusting. Not, and I'm not a fan of the peep. Really? I, I hate yeah. the peep. It's marshmallow. I don't like a peep. No, it you tastes... were just talking marshmallow earlier. Let's see if we have any of that. It tastes different. And I like these little opening things. You just peel it back. Yeah, that's pretty cool. it. It's not even an Oreo. It's a blonde outside cookie. It's what the hell is going it's on Nabisco here? Nabisco Oreo. White peeps. is black. Dogs are living with cats. You got rid peeps. of the raisins. Hey, whatever it is, give me one. I want one. <laughs> there we go. It's the marshmallow peeps. <laughs> give us a cream. And uh, I'm gonna take. A, I'm actually gonna take a couple. I of bet these. you are. Okay. Just, I'll just pass those okay. right along. I'll just shoot the first one down. And Mary, then, you going? Uh, yeah. Of course he's in. See now, if I was I don't home, I don't like a peep, but yeah, I'm going. If I was <laughs> home, I would take the whole row because you got to eat a row no, at a time. No, we, we have an audience here. Make sure they they try this. I got don't these. Do it, Aaron. Uh, you're not even having it. No, I, I guess he I'm was against this. These were rolled right off the table. Yeah, these right are fresh. off the table. They're fresh. Uh, they smell terrible. They're good. They look terrible. It's a strawberry peep. I like them. Mm. The best about this, they're free. They're free. <laughs> now, if you had, uh, if you had like Jelly Belly jelly bean flavors and you could get a black licorice Oreo, now you're talking. 
See, to me, that's the worst jelly bean, the black licorice. I well, like it. I second that. Yeah? No, I like the black ones. I hate to break it to both of you, but you're wrong. Black licorice is the best flavor so of So you prefer beans. the Good and Plenty's versus the Mike and Ike's? I think so. The Mike and Ike's is one? licorice. Then the Good and Plenty was, all right, so you prefer no. the Mike and Ike's. Oh, oh no, you're right. All right, I was, now I'm confused. <laughs> all right. The Good and Plenty was the licorice one. This is good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I recommend it. It would be better if it was double stuff. Oh, it's pretty God. stuffed. It's pretty good. I like it. It's like it would pair well with a glass of milk. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> so we're going from a full-bodied cigar to a brand known for full-bodied cigars. But I'll tell you, I think this one is toned down a bit. And this is part of the Cigar Authority Pair Package. This is the Flor Dominicana 1994, Barry Stein. Yes, the final cigar in the March Care Pack. This comes to us from the Florida Dominicana. <laughs> Got to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, don't get the wrong idea. Yeah. The 1994 was released in 2014 <laughs> to celebrate what was the company's 20th anniversary. The complex and powerful flavors of the 1994 originate from the best fillers and binder grown on their farms in the Dominican Republic and are complemented with a sweet and savory Mexican San Andreas wrapper. The blend is as special as the occasion it serves to commemorate and is symbolic of the quality and pride of which La Flor Dominicana has built its name. The cigar is available in five sizes, ranging from 729 to 909. Today, we light up the conga, which measures 5 by 52. Okay, it's time to cut it. What? You've got to smell the outside wrapper before you go any further. Straight up cayenne pepper without the sneeze. Yeah? When you smell the foot of the cigar, you'll sneeze. Spicy. It's got a little spice to it. Yeah, it does. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. That stupid Raisin Toast song stuck in my head. Oh, there's more to The cold drawer, the 1994, rich molasses. I'm getting poor molasses. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you the. Yeah. Get a little molasses sweetness there. A little bit of maple syrup as well. I feel like it's going to be a tight draw, but it won't be. But it feels like it's packed. Yeah. Yeah. Packed. All right, let's light her up. Is your microphone on? He's got it down by his neck. (laughs) I'm here. All right, he's back. He's back. We're going to light our cigar today uh, with the Vertigo Glock. You got three flames in line. We refer to this as our poor man's flat flame. It doesn't replace the flat flame, but you know what? This is a great lighter to fly with. It's a, a great lighter to let somebody borrow because if they don't give back to you, you're not out a lot of scratch at fourteen ninety nine. Wow. You do have the patented Vertigo big-ass tank, a plastic body, and a slim, flat design so it'll fit in that coin pocket right on your uh, right-hand side. It's one of my favorites. It's the Vertigo Glock. It's flat, but it holds a lot of butane. Well, they have that patented Vertigo big-ass tank in there. It's not patented. They didn't make it up. I just checked with the Vertigo people no, when I, I was in Mexico. They I said, interviewed the Vertigo is, people in at the trade show, and you, they said, You told yes, them to say it. it is, in fact, patented. Yeah. I did tell them to say it, but he said it. That's the magic of, of what it is. So the new care packages, Barry, when are they going out? They will, pro- they will probably ship on Monday. They will ship on Monday. Okay. And I see um, what they could do is if they wanted to <laughs> ship that, 
and they wanted to buy a box of cigars to get the ash hole board, they could actually. You're giving away the yeah. whole thing now. No one has to listen to the show. Well, they have to know what word to put in the in the yeah. comment section, right? Gee, I wonder. I wonder what, <laughs> what word that's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just listen to the show, people. Don't listen to David. He never pushed the Asheville show until you actually been on the show, and now he kind of took charge too. By the way, that's what he I kind of took charge. That's not what you're supposed that's to do. That's what happens you, when you're dealing with celebrities. Yeah, he, he was a guest on the show, and you know, I listened to it. It was very good. It went by fast. It was a great show. It was the Mr. But, Jonathan Power Hour. But, but yeah, you did the same, Barry. Yeah. Which you don't do it on this show, but no. you, you, you kind of took charge on there, too. They're quiet, so They're it's easy, easy to get a to word push in. them around a little bit. You start talking, they shut up. Yeah. You just go. And over here, we just overpower it. That's so right. what do you got in the mailbag? <laughs> All right. Uh, this was uh, also submitted via Facebook. Tyler writes, I've got a problem. I was just chatting with buddies about having good luck with storing my sticks. A few weeks before, I smoked them in my plastic travel humidor with a 65% saltwater-based humidification packet. I take them out of my bigger humidor that I keep around 70%. So he's going from 70 down to 65. Okay. Then the very next cigar I lit up exploded. It was a shade-wrapped cigar that I took the cellophane off two weeks prior to smoking it. Oh, the irony. Do I need to let them sit for longer, like a month or two? Should I leave the cello on? I'm kind of pissed because this was a good smoke up until the explosion point. Any thoughts on this, Jose? Uh, you know, that's something that uh, <clears throat> a lot of people uh, ask me. A lot of people keep their uh, cigars that have big humidors, those uh, wall humidors, those sure. keep them uh, in the box, keep them on cello. Everything I have, I got about, I don't know, eight or 900 cigars. Everything that I have is unsellowed, except some, to be honest, maybe 5% of it uh, is that. <clears throat> I keep some cigars at 68 I keep some cigars at 70. I even keep some cigars. I try to keep them between 65 and 66. The problem with, with uh, the cigar splitting, sometimes it will be because the cigar is got to a point that it was dry. Then sometimes a lot of people just drop a cigar, even if it's not from a big height, and believe mm. it or not, that little, uh, that, little, that little thing could crack it. But also... Where do you see more cracks on cigars? You see it actually more on Connecticut than anything else. Of course, else. it's very thin. Because on a, on, a, on a Connecticut broadleaf, Habano, Ecuador, Habano, Nicaragua, or, or Corojo from Honduras, you're hardly going to see it unless you dropped it from the third floor or something like that. And the other thing is uh, it has a lot to do with the, the humidity factor also. And I yeah. think that's the issue that Tyler's having here is, for starters, it's a shade-grown cigar. Second, having it only for two weeks uncellophaned in a lower humidity box. All things being equal, you didn't see any temperature drops. You didn't leave it out in the car. I think that the wrapper itself started to dry out down to 75%, but the Lajero and those thicker filler leaves on the inside still maintained that higher percentage. So once you light that, you've got a massive expansion from the inside, and the outside doesn't have the elasticity to hold it, and it blows through it. And the other thing is, especially with shade cigars, I've got other people that go in my humidor. I'm sure you are the only one that goes in yours. But with other people going in my humidor, I leave the cello on, especially on shade cigars, because one little nick with your finger, an inch into the cigar, everything's going good, and then boom. With a shade cigar, the thing explodes, and it ruins the whole thing. So would you get a box, Jose, you'd get a box of cigars and actually take the cellophane off? All the cellos go off. Really? (laughs) Yeah, all the cellos go off. Really? Do you think that's because you... 
uh, typically are handling cigars in the factory, and that's just that's what you're used to, is having unsellowed cigars. I mean, you're a professional above and beyond the average professional. You're that good. So that this is something that you just know how to deal with. I would say that, but it's something that <clears throat> I've talked to a lot of people about. It. It's like a lot of people ask me, uh, what happens if I have all Cubans and I pull them all with Nicaraguans or Dominicans? Mm. Throughout my years, I've never had any variations on, on flavors on that. Now, that said, you know, you're not going to take an Ellie Blue humidor and you're going to put some, you know, some flavored stuff in well, it. Wow, yeah. So yeah, that's, well. that's, uh, that's happened. And, <clears throat> and something also that I see is... <clears throat> A lot of people will go to me and say, you know, I was out on vacation for a month, month and a half, and uh, when I came back, you know, the hydrometer was uh, at 40. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I brought the humidity up to 80, and all of a sudden, oh, all the cigars, yeah. I said, look, but that happens, which I think if you're spending money on cigars, you should really take care of them. So what I always recommend, and this is my opinion, if that does happen, do not make the mistake of calibrating your humidor up to 70 or to 80. What you do is you try to go from 40 to 50. Absolutely. And then you leave them there a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Then you yes. see the reading on them. Then you bring them from 50 to 60. 60 to 70. Leave them still after they're at 70 for at least a couple of weeks. That said, it doesn't guarantee you that yes. it's going to work out. Right. Because already the fillers, the binders have, uh, have uh, shrunk. Have dr- yeah, dried out. Yeah. And the other thing is that a lot of people think that the, the, the flavor on the fill of the binder and the wrapper, it's in the leaf. It's not in the leaf. It's the essential oils that the fill of the binder and the wrapper have. So when you're going down to 40 to 30, some people have just has gone flat down. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that when you bring it up like from 40 to 70, when you're going to smoke that cigar, it's just going to explode. Right. Because it has yep. so much into it. Yep, it just absorbed it all, and that's it. Uh, I've, we see all this stuff happen all the time. We're here in New England where the temperature changes dramatically. It was zero degrees, and then the summer's coming, and it's going to end up being into exactly. the 80s and 90s. And, you know, usually in the summertime, nobody has a problem. The humidors are working great. In the wintertime, right now, we're at the tail end of it over here. People are doing all their complaining and stuff because they're getting the cigars that were in the humidor and uh, wasn't maintaining its, its humidity because we have forced hot air, drying it out. Not so to mention, much- that's, that typically people slow their buying habits down in the fall. Their humidors run lean as far as the stock goes, and you don't have the yeah. humidity in the cigars themselves to help deal with the humidity the in the box. The people that have three cigars in, in a 100-count humidor, and there's a mistake. A refrigerator isn't going to operate good with nothing in the refrigerator. You, you fill your refrigerator, it ends up working better. It's the same thing. It's like you take uh, the people that have the most <clears throat> problem, believe it or not, are the people who are living in the state of Nevada and also Arizona. Oh, yeah. But then you take uh, Florida, especially Miami. You hardly need. Sure. Uh, you really have to be careful because the cigars are going to be overhumidified. So we see it when we go to a trade show in Nevada. In a short time, we're there for a three, four-day uh, conference, and the cigars at the end are smoking lousy. And these guys are showing off their cigars, but they're smoking lousy because of the, the dryness that's happening there. Very dry. Then we go to New Orleans in the summertime. And it's quite the opposite. Everything's just too moist, and and it's not burning well and proper and everything, and it's those two places that they have it. Remember when we went to Houston in 2007? Oh, my God. People couldn't even keep the cigars lit after the third day. So much moisture was happening there. So uh, that depends, too. So a lot of questions would have to answer to try to get what is the exact problem that happened. What would be interested, if he's hearing the program, 
to let us know what rapper was on that cigar. Mm. It was a Connecticut rapper. Oh, it was, it was Connecticut. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shade rapper. Yeah. So that was it. So uh, you came in today and you said, Barry, what's happening in the, in the cigar news? Because Barry's got the scoop on everything. So let's find out what's happening it's in the cigar world. time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. This week, several, several public health and anti-smoking groups are urging the FDA to enforce more stringent regulations of the manufacturing of tobacco products by banning candy and fruit-flavored cigars. In the report, which is titled The Flavor Trap, which is not to be confused with The Parent Trap, they're calling for the strictest of regulations and interpretations of the FDA law. Two years ago, when New Orleans was about to enact... By the way, in the FDA law, they don't mention flavored products at all. It's been totally left out of it. And here they are. They don't even know what they're talking Talk about. about. And is it New Orleans or New Orleans? Well, or New Orleans. New Orleans. Depends where you live. All right. Well, two years ago when New Orleans was about to enact a smoking <laughs> ban, Harris New Orleans argued against the measure saying they would lose money. The government of NOLA did not believe this to be the case. Well, NOLA was wrong as Harris in New Orleans has lost approximately $70 million in revenue since the ban went in place. Wow. Yep. Or we, we were there. We were there at the trade show when that happened, and there we were, a, a cigar trade show going there. They lost millions of dollars that week. 70. Oh, that week. That week mm-hmm. that we were there. That was the first week it, it took effect. Wow. Go ahead. Oregon has moved one step closer to raising the tobacco age to 21 as SB 754 has passed the state Senate by a 19-8 to 8 vote. The bill now moves before the House where it is expected to pass. The industry lawsuit versus the FDA, which was originally scheduled for July 28th of this year, has been pushed back until August 30th. The delay request was met with demands by the CAA, CRA, and IPCPR, which states, while plaintiffs have agreed to a 30-day extension to accommodate the defendants, we have informed the defendants that they will not consent to any further extension of the litigation deadlines without a day-for-day extension of compliance deadlines under the final rule. To that, I say, keep postponing it, and we'll keep pushing the date back. If, if we can do that, if we get that, something. But yeah. they, you gave, would they give them 30 days? They gave them a 30-day extension. Okay, so, um, yeah, they should have gave us a 30-day extension. 100%. Yeah. So, you know, in tit-for-tat or whatever it is, because exactly. they frankly gave us – they had years to get ready, and then they gave us 90 days to comply at the very beginning, and I was like, holy God, yep. shut down. I do not believe in what's good for the goose is good for the gander, yeah. and that's what's up. In the Cigar World. What's up? In the Cigar World was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. The Recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero Seco, and Pennsylvanian Broadleaf filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the Cigar of the Year. Recluse Cigars is what's up? I have a, I have a question. Yes. What the hell is a gander? Goose and a gander. It's... I don't know. What is it? It's a female goose? Is the gander? I don't know. We're going to have to look it up. Yeah. We'll look that up. So, Jose, um, 
the um, FDA, uh, we have problems, but um, we heard that the IPCPR is bringing in Rudy Giuliani as our guest speaker. Did yes. you hear that? Yes. It's good, yes. right? Yeah, I mean, Rudy has been not only a great, uh, I would say, probably one of the greatest mayors that this sure. country has had. Of course. He, he dealt with uh, 9-11 in a very, uh, I would say, responsible and professional yeah. way. He was out there, uh, you know, going to ground zero and <clears throat> doing with the uh, probably the greatest police department in the world, yeah. New York. He did what he uh, he has done. He has always been a big supporter of us. We always see him at the night to remember. He's been too many IPCPR and RTDA shows. Uh, vivid uh, cigar. Yeah. You going to the night to remember? Huh? Next Tuesday. You going? No, I no. won't. I, I won't be able to go on this one. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I am. Are you really? It yeah. was. It was very good uh, last year. Uh, Ernesto will probably be there. I have a lot going on. Okay. But uh, Rudy will be good. I think he's somebody that can catch uh, the president's uh, ear. We need all the help uh, that we can, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, um, let's look at the Don Raphael Offer of the Day. And it is time for the Don Raphael Offer of the Day, brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, for how much? So today, I'm offering you guys $1 million. I don't know if you heard uh, this week was National Puppy Day. Would you eat a puppy <laughs> for $1 million? Uh, I'm going to go with a resounding yes. Yes? I would eat that puppy. I wouldn't even have to take the fur off for a $1 million. I'm all over it. You wouldn't eat I'll that cookie it. we had a little while ago, a cookie peeps. I'll name it. I'll walk it around for a week. I'll execute wow. it myself, cook it, and eat it. Barry, you'll eat anything. But not a puppy. No? No. I'll eat a gander with some male goose. Okay. But I will not eat a puppy. For a million dollars. For a million dollars. Jose, would you do it? Purposely. First of have all, you done it? First, no. <laughs> first of all, I would never do it. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a million or ten million dollars. But the thing was, if I were to do that, you could pretty be... Sure that I would be uh, served with divorce papers from Emma. Yes, because <laughs> uh, she loves uh, little oh, doggies. Oh, yeah? She's crazy about them. Okay. I'd like to think I my could wife, do it, but... My yeah. wife would be sitting on the other side of the table, and I'd just be making eye contact the whole time, but, every bite. Yeah, you'd have to eat it all. Not the bones, but... Yeah, but you eat the whole puppy. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to think that I would say yes, but, but you, once you in that moment... it? You get the puppy eyes looking at you. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'd have the head mounted right in oh, front of me. Just that's savvy. Going to town. I love you, face. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it. It's funny that we can eat other animals, but we have a hard time with a puppy, right? You yeah. know, definitely I'm, after hearing Mr. Jonathan, he needs help. Yes, I'm the does. only one. I'm the only one. I think one. you are. You know, but, it's but scary. They, you've been to Hong Kong and all that. Do they eat things like that? They, yeah, and in Nicaragua, they have some places they have. I don't know if you've seen out of Esteli. they got a restaurant. They have uh, snakes and a whole bunch of different things. Uh, I'm going to pass on you that. You don't do one. it? No, no. What do you got, Barry? What's scary is the day after National Puppy Day was National Cheesesteak Day. Cheesecake. 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 Okay. Yeah. I it was cheesecake. Cheese which I don't participate in the cheesecake. If it's cheesesteak, I'm all in. I'm all, <laughs> all in. You draw the line at cheesecake? I don't like cheesecake. I'm not eating the puppy either, though, hey. just so you know. <laughs> I second that. No there's, cheesecake? No cheesecake. There's a good yeah, versus segment, go. American cheesecake versus Italian cheesecake. Yeah? Yeah, we can throw that in there. Keep these things happening, coming in here. But uh, the answer is no. Don't, don't eat a puppy. It's just wrong. It's just good thing wrong. you didn't bring your checkbook, buddy. 
Yeah. So what do you think of LaFleur Dominicana? Of this? You're smoking it, Jose. What do oh, you think? I mean, I've been friends with Lito for many years. Big fan of his stuff. A lot of, uh, I think he's one of the most uh, uh, creative guys out there. Him and Tony. It's, it's Tony's been a, doing a good job. It's for been a, a good man. father and, and son team. Uh, I have a lot of respect. You know, my relationship goes uh, with Lito because of him and Horchie owning the farms yes. and all that. And, I mean, I like a lot of his stuff. And, I mean, this one, the 1994, I had it before. This this is really good smoke. Yeah, this is more medium-bodied. Uh, a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit over medium, but it has a lot of flavor on it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mexican San Andres. It yes. has that sweetness like the Broadleaf uh, Connecticut has. And, uh, I mean, he, he does a great job. He takes his time. He's very, very creative and... Uh, he has been very good uh, for the industry, but not only as a manufacturer, as a voice oh, yes. against the FDA. Uh, you know, Rocky, he came up here Mean, and he Calito. did a he did a whole presentation to everybody on um, what's happening in the a whole slideshow presentation to a group that we had here it was unbelievable, showing uh, how we have to package products and how drug companies don't even do it, and food companies, and why is there so much on this? So he is very good for the industry, and um, you know. A, a lot of his cigars, Double the Hero stuff, just too much for me. Big sellers, by the way, but too much for me. But something like this is right, right you know, I'm fine with the, this as a little fluid Dominicana. And also, Lito is a gentleman. Yes. That's yes. another thing. And he is. Yeah. So a little cinnamon. Get some cinnamon on this. Yeah, yeah a little sweetness from the yeah. cinnamon. Definitely some of that canel, a little bit of molasses still. Yeah. A little bit of caramel as well. Yeah. That's a lot of sweetness, to it. and it's very—it's something I always take in consideration on cigars. It's very well balanced. Mm. He did People good. forget sometimes about the balance in the cigar. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we have an unbelievable story from the asylum. I doubt it's even real. We have <laughs> gentleman Chuck Morrison going to chime in, and an invitation to you for the Cigar Authority's seventh anniversary party right here next week. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Tune in next Saturday, April 1st, 2017, for the Cigar Authority's seventh anniversary. Catalina Wine Mixer. It's our marquee event every year. We get all the heavy hitters coming out, all right? Okay. Okay. Big deal. It means I'm going to be on your ass. I'm going to be in your jockstrap. Okay. In it. Okay. Using your balls as a speed bag. Which would be unnecessary. You wake up in the middle of the night, someone's laying next to you, spooning with you, chances are it's going to be me. Okay. This is big. You can spend the rest of your life smoking menthol cigarettes and eating Kobe beef. First of all, you got to make sure you got enough wine and food for 100 to 120 people. Right. Also, we got to talk about music. All right, that's a big thing. We're going to talk about a live musical act that flat out nails it. Last year, we had Lorraine Abdul, Paula Abdul's mother. She brought it, my friend. Paula Abdul's mother is an entertainer. She brought it. She served it up hot and nasty. <laughs> Fried it up like a Chili's hot plate. You know what I'm talking about? Really? Yeah, she, what are you, retarded? It's the Catalina Wine Mixer. It's the Big Leagues. It's the Catalina Wine Mixer. Join us this Saturday for the friggin' Catalina Wine Mixer, the Cigar Authority's 7th anniversary show, live at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Special guest, Omar DeFrias from Fratello Cigars. Join us live at 12 noon. 
Smokey Joe's is changing the dress code when it comes to enjoying a premium handmade cigar. Using the finest materials of velvet and silk, their smoking jackets are made for a lasting impression. Smokey Joe's has fitted the likes of Smokey Robinson, James Brown, Sammy Davis Jr., and now they want to fit you too with a smoking jacket. Proudly designed and manufactured in the USA, Smokey Joe's invites you to feel the inspiration of fashion from an era where clothing was designed using only the finest materials and craftsmanship. Smokey Joe's clothing continues to be a story of America at its best. Innovation, hard work, and fearless enterprise. When you light up the best, smoke it while wearing the best. Smoking Joe's Smoking Jackets. Available at SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com That's SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com Be sure to tell them the Cigar Authority sent you. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General Warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar & Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake. Jose Dominguez, not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, 
nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. In 1848, in honor of the English poet Lord Byron, a cigar brand named Byron was first created. Through three centuries, Byron has gone through many hands, but today it is back with the family that first created them. Returning to the early days, now the brand, in a very limited quantity, is produced in a small factory in Costa Rica. Nelson Alfonso offers three Byron blends honoring all three centuries of Byron, Siglo 19, Siglo 20, and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days, but every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year, then and only then into ultra-luxurious porcelain jars and state-of-the-art cigar humitubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce, but nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron cigars. Cigars of poetry. Sophisticated. Byron. This is Mr. Jonathan Carney with La Florida Minicana Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we're back live from the La Florida Dominicana Cigar Studios, smoking La Florida Dominicana. Industry veteran, VP of EP Carrillo Cigars, Jose Blanco with us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And uh, I like this cigar. 1994, this is good. It's, it's Full of body that's building up in some strength, but I can handle uh, this type of LFD. Still getting, uh, I'm getting a little bit of that uh, molasses that Barry was talking about, and the cayenne pepper that I smelled on the wrapper. Here it comes. I'm about halfway through, and it's yep. it's coming through. It's not overpowering. Uh, to Jose's point, it, it's still maintaining its balance. It's not all about the pepper, and it's not all about the sweetness. It's a nice combination of the two. Yeah, coming exactly, together. Exactly, exactly. To me, it's <clears throat> it's full flavor, almost full body, rich. Bold, nice spice, a little bit of earthiness, a lot of sweet notes to it. Very well balanced, has a long finish, very complex, uh, a great cigar. Yeah. Do you prefer a cigar with a long finish? Hmm? Do you prefer a cigar with a long finish? Oh, yeah, finish? I love a cigar with a long finish because you have a cigar that you're going to, you know, and that's one of the things. People talk about finish, and in my seminars I talk about it. You, people think that for you to know what the finish on a cigar is, you have to smoke the whole cigar. A quarter of an inch into a cigar, you're going to know if it has a long finish, a short finish, no finish. Or an aftertaste. When do you want... You want a cigar to have a good finish. How do you know? When your lips are tingling and you don't want to let go of the cigar. It has yes. total, total uh, uh, stimulation all yeah. over the mouth and, and on your lips. Like you're eating something you really like and you're going like... Yeah. That's really the finish about and, the cigar. And, and what you want is you want them wanting more. Maybe exactly. they light up another one after that. For I mean, those of you listening on the podcast, he licked his lips very sexily when he did that. Just... <laughs> To Just you. trying to paint, to you it was. paint the picture. I'm, I'm telling you, so. Mr. Jonathan has problems. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> we know he does. But he, 
But to, to his, his yin to his yang is Chuck Morrison. And while you're enjoying life to its fullest, it's important to be debonair. How to be more debonair and gentleman-like is Gentleman Chuck Morrison. You need a gentleman? Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts. Switch on your electronic devices and pump up the volume. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way. It is brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with, wait for it, suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, a scenario for you. You're at dinner amongst friends, family, and or colleagues and acquaintances. The waiter or waitress arrives with your food. However, someone's order is not quite ready. The group is told that it will only be just a few more minutes. Interesting question. Do not, I repeat, do not start eating your food. The debonair play is for the entire table to wait for the other person's food to arrive before anyone starts eating. But Chuck, you ask... What if it's more than just a few minutes? Chuck, what if it's more than just a few minutes? Great question, Mr. Jonathan. You wait. However, there is a caveat. The debonair play is to be made on the gentleman or lady's food who has not yet arrived yet. You see, this person being debonair should suggest to the table to please go ahead and start without them, which in the manner is acceptable for everyone to begin their meals. You may ask, but Chuck, what if the wrong plate is delivered? Chuck, what if the wrong plate is delivered? Great question. Or if the plate needs to be sent back, it's overcooked or undercooked. Or cold. Or cold. It's the same play. You wait. However, in that instant, in that moment, the person whose food is yet to be delivered should, for it is the debonair play, politely suggest for the entire table to please start without them. It's called debonair dining. And that is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by our good friends at Debonair Cigars and Rum. The question always is, gentlemen, are you debonair enough? You know who's got that whole debonair segment down is David. Yeah? He, that's, that's the playbook right there yeah? all the way through. The only thing is he has never, ever sent a dish back because he knows what happens to that dish. Yeah. That's yeah. what he says anyway. scared to a scared then, of it. He yeah. just pushes the tomatoes to the side and eats the rest it's of the dish. It's called being a pro. That's a pro right there. <laughs> so next week, next Saturday, right here uh, on the Cigar Authority, it is the friggin' Catalina Wine Mixer. It is the Cigar Authority's seventh year anniversary. Congratulations to all of us. Seven, Seven years. years of doing this mess. And uh, we will be here with Omar De Frias. He's the owner and founder of Fratello Cigars. Jose, you know him because you uh, assisted in Hoya uh, de Monterey with Fratello. Yeah, Hoya yeah. Nicaragua. Hoya Nicaragua. Yeah, Omar is, is a great guy. I love him. Uh, he's, he's very talented. Uh, he's a hard worker. He's a one-man wrecking team. Yes, he's, he uh, is. He's in Texas. Then he's in Jersey. Then he's in California. Then he's in Florida. I mean, I don't know how he, how he does it. I mean, I do something similar like it, but uh, the thing with him is he's very passionate about it. Uh, I, I like a lot of his cigars, and, uh, you know, it's 
He's a brother to me, so uh, I know you guys are going to have a great time with yeah. him. Omar's a very interesting uh, Big guy. man with a huge personality. Yes. Looking forward to having him here live with us next week. And the following week, I will report back from, we talked about the night to remember. I will be there in New York. This is something the Cigar uh, Aficionado puts on each year, and it's a charity event. Uh, for prostate cancer, and they raise millions of dollars uh, for that. Uh, I'm going as the guest of George Padron. Uh, George Padron, if you're listening, thank you very much. I will be attending with you. I'm looking forward to it. I'll report back and tell you uh, who I rubbed elbows with and uh, what all the talk is in the industry. Because I want to know what you buy while you're there. I, am, I told him in advance, I said, listen, if you're inviting me to go and buy one of those $10,000 bottles of wine, $10, bottles of wine. I'll be sitting on my hands. And he says, no, no, I understand. I will too. Don't worry about it. I went, went, once went with Rocky Patel and he was pushing me on these different buys that were going on. He says, if you get that, you monetize it and you sell this through this and, you know, buy it and I'll go halves in with you. And we bid on some things. But thank God they went much, much higher than what we bid, but we bid crazy amounts of money. And it went crazier than that. There's some people at that thing that just have to win. Thank God. I think last year I was there, uh, actually I was sitting down with Ernie and uh, Iberto Oliva, uh, Barry uh, from Cigar Aficionado, A.J. Fernandez, Emma was uh, with us there. I think they raised last year 1.4. It's for the good wow, cause for uh, prostate cancer. Yes, right? absolutely. Right now it's time to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, it's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars Take No Prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80. That's right, that's Asylum. Much to the dismay of the Vatican, an approximately 2,000-year-old Bible was found recently in Turkey. It was first discovered and kept a secret in the year 2000, and then it was stolen or lost for 17 more years. The book, which is leather-bound and smells of rich mahogany, is written in gold and contains the lost gospel of Barnabas, a disciple of Christ. In his version of the story, Jesus was not crucified, nor was he the Son of God. He was a prophet who ascended to heaven alive. And it says that Judas Iscariot was crucified in his place. What does all this mean, David? What does it mean? It is believed that the church handpicked the Gospels that it liked, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to name a few, and it omitted the ones with alternative facts like the Gospel of Barnabas, among others. Many biblical texts have recently begun to surface and contradict the New Testament as we know it, but this book has the Vatican more worried than the McDonald's situation of the 1990s. That's insane. That's asylum. They're coming to take me away. The McDonald's situation. What was the McDonald's situation? I'm betting the coffee. The spilling coffee. Yeah, the hot coffee spilling. Yeah, I remember that. The uh, McDonald's situation is defined as 65-year-old meat between nine-year-old buns. (laughs) (laughs) That's the... Too soon? Apparently. Not good. <laughs> All right, what do we got for time here? We got about 10 minutes, so let's do it. Let's do a classic 
four-way today brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll f***ing kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. (laughs) All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com, that's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. All right, Jose, there's a lot of people celebrating their birthday today, so how this game works is I'm going to mention to you a person that's celebrating their birthday, and you guess what year they were born without going over. And it's a contest between you four, and we'll just take turns of guessing what year it is. reason why you have a pen there is you write it down while I'm talking about the subject so that you're actually locked in and you don't hear somebody else's number and cheat like Barry does sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So who's our champion right now? Chuck. Chuck Morrison. So it's going to go to you first. So today is the birth date of Elton John. Yeah. Elton John, rock and roll legend who has sold over 250 albums in his career, best known for his songs Rocket Man, Tiny Dancer, Benny and the Jets, and Castle Candle in the Wind. He was knighted by the Queen Elizabeth III in 1998, so call him Sir Goddammit. Elton John, born today, what year, Chuck Morrison? I changed my answer in the last minute there, Dave. I wrote down 1943. 43, and it's going to Jonathan. uh, 1951. 51. Jose? 47. 47. 48. 48. Somebody has it exact. You're damn right I do. Jose, 47. Whoa. You get two points for exact, by the way. Two points, and that's a tough one to do. I knew this was going to happen. Now it's moving on to Jonathan. Jonathan, today is Sarah Jessica Parker's birthday. TV actress. She won three Screen Actors Guild Awards for Golden and Golden Gold Awards and two Emmy Awards for a role as Carrie Bradshaw on Sex and the City. Her film credits include Hocus Pocus, Ed Wood, Failure to Launch. She also appeared in the stage production of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Married to Matrick. Matthew Broderick, Sarah Jessica Parker, born today when? 1965. 65. Jose? Give me a minute. I'm doing my math. <laughs> it's a live program. That's right. Take your okay. time. <laughs> Clock's ticking. She's 53 years old, I think. So Did you write it down, do sir? Math. Did you write it down, sir? <laughs> <laughs> do the math. 53, 64. Yeah. 64. 63. 63. 67. 67. Somebody's got it exact. Damn right I do. Mr. Jonathan. Oh, wow. Mr. Jonathan right off the bat. So we have Mr. Jonathan 2, Jose 2, Barry, and Chuck at zero. And it goes to Jose. This is to you. All the pressure's on you, Jose. Aretha Franklin, soul singer, queen of soul, released the immortal hits, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, Respect. She won... 15 Grammy Awards. Uh, she sold 75 million records. She also is the godmother of recording artist, the late, great Whitney Houston. Aretha Franklin, born today what year? 
Rita Franklin is, I think, 64. Do the math on that one. <laughs> 64. Oh, boy. This is uh, unprecedented where a contestant yeah. <laughs> is asking the host yeah. of the game yeah. to do the math. That would be 1953. 53. Yeah. Gary, 53. what do you got? 37. 37. 33. 33. I'm going to say 1942 for two points. 42 for two points. Two points. Mr. Jonathan. What? That's Don't crazy. mess with me when it comes to the Queen of Soul. All right. I'm going to keep going because Jonathan's winning. <laughs> 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 Barry, this is going to you. Okay. Birthday tomorrow. Tomorrow is Diana Ross's birthday. Diana Ross, soul Motown singer to gain fame, is a member of the Supremes who later won Golden Globe Awards as Billie Holiday and Lady Sings the Blue. Diana Ross, born today what year? I'm going to leave it at 1937. 37. Chuck. 1943. 43. 45. 45. I'm going 45 as well. 45 as well. 45 as well is over. So 43, Barry Stein. It's 44. I'll take Four. it. That would be Chuck. be Chuck. I'll be on the board. Chuck, you're on the board with See one point. He, even, even when I'm winning, he still needs to get Barry to have at least one point. They're in collusion. <laughs> no. <with each> it's <laughs> collusion, isn't it? Because somebody went out of order, but he's our guest, so I won't say anything. Who, who's next? Who's, who's up? Technically, uh, it'd be me. Chuck. Chuck, today <clears throat> is Steven Tyler's birthday. All right. Oh. Steven Tyler, lead singer for Aerosmith. Uh, the group won Grammy Awards and is prominent for such albums as Toys in the Attic and Rocks. Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. What year was he born? He was born in 47. 47, Mr. J. 49. 49. I had 47 down, too. 47 also. Oh, we've got a calculator. Nice. Yeah. 57. 57. Way over. So we got two people the same. 47 is the winner. It's 48. So there's a point for Mr. Jonathan. Nope. nope. Chuck. Oh. There's a point for Chuck and Jose. And Jose. All right, so we got four for Mr. Jonathan, three for Jose, and two for Chuck. Mr. Jonathan's still in the lead, so we're going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> this game would have been over a long time ago if Barrett's was in the lead. Who's next? Jonathan. Jonathan. Leonard Nimoy, actor who became known for his portrayal as Mr. Sparkins in the Star Trek series. Uh, he received three Emmy Award nominations. His uh, father ran a barbershop in Boston with a specialized in the popular Spark Cut. Leonard Nimoy, born today. What so they just had a bowl they put on people's That's heads? It. That was it. It's 1931. 31. May the force be with you. Jose. Jose. 1933. 33. 40. 40. 42. 42. For two. Somebody has two points. Mr. Jonathan. you got to be kidding God. me. Mr. Wow. Jonathan. 31. Meant to be. And nothing can happen here. I got one more. It's not going to help anybody, but maybe it'll put Barry on the board. Yeah, we'll see. So I'm just going to throw the last one out there. This goes to Jose. Yep. James so Kahn. Ridiculous. James Kahn, movie actor, best known for his role as Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. Have you seen it, Barry? No. <laughs> Still haven't seen it. Couldn't cheat on the good on Goodfellas the other day. His other noble films included El Dorado, Elf, Misery, and Kiss Me Goodbye. James Kahn, born t- tomorrow. What year? 1946. 46. That's what I wrote down, 46. 45. 45. I got 43. 43, and everybody's over. Mr. Jonathan, you are our champion in Six commanding three fashion. Two. Oh, my God. What year wow. was he born? Uh, 30, what'd you say? Uh, he said 1940. 40. Wow. 40. All right, so that's it. That's uh, this classic day in classic history brought to you by Classic Cigars. 
And that is that. So we are at the tail end of the show here. We're just smoking the Flor Dominicana 1994, part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. There's 500 folks out there smoking along with us. What should they be tasting, Jose? Well, uh, first thing, remember, t- taste is subjective. So uh, what so, I'm tasting is, um, like I said, uh, the sweetness. Now it's really built up a lot. It's To me now, it's really full flavor, full body. Uh, picking up the, the like a little bit of black pepper at the end, uh, a lot of sweetness, a little bit of earth, still very well balanced, and a very long finish. Just a great cigar. Barry, what do you got? A little bit of earth. There's definitely some canal, and uh, I'm getting a little bit of caramel. Mm. I was going to say caramel popcorn. I could see that. Yeah? All right. I'm getting a... Raisin toast! Raisin toast! And not just because you have that on the sound. No, I'm really getting raisin to us. Okay, get some raisiny sweetness yeah, to it. Yeah, definitely the sweetness. Okay. Like, yep, yep. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna stick with my molasses and cayenne pepper. This pepper, this this cayenne pepper here. I could, yeah, actually, I, yeah, I could, yeah, I can bite. see where Barry and Jose are coming from with those uh, earthy notes. Is a little bit of a, a basement quality, but not in a bad way. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah, Jose, thank you so much for coming, and uh, I hope someday you'll come here and do one of your seminars with us. Of course, it's always a pleasure to uh, be with you guys. Uh, you've do, you guys do a terrific show, and like I was telling you a couple of days ago, and I told you today, whether I'm in California, Kansas City, Miami, it has a great following. You do a great job. Thank you, you update everybody with the news. You review cigars. It's it's funny. It's enjoyable and. Anytime I'm in town and I get invited, to me, it's a pleasure to be with open you Open invitation. You don't have to ask. It's an open Absolutely. invitation to you. Next week, it is the Catalina, Catalina Wine Mixer, the Cigar Authority's 7th anniversary show with Omar DeFries. Everybody is invited to come down, join the show. It's going to take place here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Doors open at 10. The show starts at noon. Come on down. Say hi. Say hi to Omar. We're going to have some fun. We'll have some cake and some treats and things like that. So come on down. In the meantime, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And if you happen to be smoking your La Flor Dominicana 1994 winner of the Blind Taste Test from a couple That's years right. back. Wow. Always remember to keep the lid end out of your mouth. tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. With a million choices, it's Stogie Heaven.